What's up, chumps? Welcome to episode 89 of the Fantasy Chumps podcast. In this episode, we recap some injury news from last week. We do some positional comparisons of 2022 to 2023 in respect of ADP for the top five players at each position. And then we also really just get into some general fantasy football conversation that goes off on a wild turn and we actually see the signing of a NFL legend that we've all grown up watching. So um, thanks for tuning into this episode. Follow us on X and hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back to the Fantasy Chumps podcast. Joining me, well, I can't say as always recently, but as always, Nate, how are you doing? Doing well. Happy to be back. Uh, we didn't have an episode last week, did we? No, we were both out of town. Yeah, we didn't really plan um, for that as better as best as we should have. But uh, how was your trip? It happened. Tell it everybody good. where you went. I went to the Chiefs Vikings game. And then I was just out of town the rest of the week in Minnesota. But it was a lot of fun. Nate, you were out of the country. I was. I was in Costa Rica. Uh, first time ever leaving the United States of America. Yeah. I honestly don't really count going to Niagara Falls in Canada. Uh, it <laughs> that it felt count. like an, an extension of the U.S. Uh, technically, I went across the border, but... Um, this was kind of my first real experience being out of the U.S. It was How very cool. I, I feel like a completely changed person. Uh, I just really? want to get back out there and travel again as fast as I can. I'm kind of joking. It was really fun, but uh, I feel like that's like what everybody says. Like they travel once and they're just like, they be, that becomes their personality. <laughs> Are you saying it's my personality? No, I'm not directing okay, this good. at anybody. But if it had to be one of us in here, it might be you. (laughs) I mean, it'd probably be me. Whoa, 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 wait. wait. Our guest is not allowed to talk yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're getting there. But it was was a really good trip. Uh, We did a lot. (laughs) It took a toll on my body for sure. But it was was very fun. Uh, Just a lot of traveling. Uh, I was told (laughs) late before we got on, you drive so far to get to places and the roads are like very windy like if you've ever been driving down in like arkansas like around like eureka springs or something or like around branson like you know how those roads are kind of windy like these are a whole different level and we'd be packed into like a sprinter van there's like 12 of us there so packed in like sardines riding around bumping around uh If you have any kind of car sickness issues, maybe wouldn't recommend, but um, it was really fun. Uh, it was definitely worth it, but um, happy to be back, getting caught up on all my work. And, you know, I returned to see half my fantasy roster on IR. So that was a lot of fun, too. Yeah. Well, speaking of happy to be back, John, it's been a while, man. It really has been a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's been a crazy month and a half for me. Uh, just had a lot of had a lot of life stuff going on. I went on vacation for the vacation stretch for, for three weeks total of the podcast time. Um, it was it was really just unfortunate timing, but yeah, went on vacation. Went down to Disney World for ten days. It was phenomenal. Um, like they joke that it's the happiest place on earth. I would probably make an argument that it might actually be the happiest place on earth i had a ball it was it was a lot of fun it was a much needed vacation then had some family stuff when i got back so um yeah it's i i actually recapped where i was uh because like sometimes i'll write down my thoughts after the nfl games or just fantasy reactions to stuff and the last (laughs) the last thing that i had written was the Thursday of the Lions and Chiefs kickoff game. So if that gives you any perspective of how much uh, I've been away from fantasy football. So I, I have one game of experience so far this season under my belt. 
no, I'm, I'm kidding. But as far as writing down my thoughts, that, that really was the last input that I had for the podcast. So, um, it, it has been a minute. Do you, have you caught any of the Chiefs games besides that first one? Yeah, I have. I actually, I had to, the worst one was the Jets game. And I don't remember why that one was so bad. I think I got home. That was a Sunday night game, right? Yeah. So I think I got home from church like super late Sunday night. And I was just exhausted. It might have been right after I had gotten back. No. I don't know. There is there is a reason as to why I just wanted to get like go to bed. Um so I watched that one over like a three day period, I think. <laughs> and obviously I, I knew what the outcome was. I tried to avoid it because I was like, eh, like I might watch the full game when I get home and then I got home and I was so tired. I was like, I'll just look at group text. So um but what I had seen in real time was the first it was the first like eight minutes of that game and the chiefs were up it was either 10 nothing or 17 nothing in the first quarter and i was like oh like this is a walk in the park like game like no problem and then i started looking at group chats and the cowboys fans from work were like saying how if you were not an nfl fan and you watched that game you would think Zach Wilson was a hall of famer and Patrick Mahomes was like a struggling NFL starter. And I was like, what? <laughs> Cause they just looked absolutely explosive. The first half of the first quarter of that game. So, um, but no, the, the rest of them I've been able to watch, like I'll have to watch them a little bit after the fact, but I've watched them the same day. Um, and yeah, we talked a little, little bit about that before the podcast. I won't go into it all that much, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a journey over the last month and a half. Well, good. We're happy to have you back, and hopefully, your team, like so many others, and Nate alluded to it, is not hurt with injury <laughs> because there's been quite a bit. Nate, your guy Justin Jefferson went on IR. It's supposed to be out four to six weeks. Anthony Richardson also went on IR. He uh-huh. might be done for the season. Yep, he's also on your team. Um, but the most recent news, Christian McCaffrey, who's on my team, got hurt around the third quarter, and it's an oblique injury. And for people who aren't smart like me, that is basically an ab core injury. MRI was negative, which is good. And there's a chance he could play Monday, which is honestly kind of the worst feeling ever. <laughs> Monday night, and uh, don't know if you're anyway. And also hurt in that game was Debo Samuel with a shoulder injury. Um, but good news is the CMC injury is not looking to be long term. Same with Debo, both good um, outcomes. Which I'm not gonna lie, guys, I was terrified when I heard CMC got hurt. <laughs> So. That's never a good feeling. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. even remember. I was watching that game pretty close because I I didn't even when? see it. Yeah, at what point in the game did he get hurt? I'm pretty sure it was like the early third quarter because okay. he got off the field, went to the blue tent, and he came back out, played one snap, went back out of the game, and then went in the locker room. And we didn't see him again. That is also probably about the time things started going south for the 49ers. <laughs> they were kind of in control of that game, and then all of a sudden, yeah, probably the best non-quarterback offensive player in the NFL leaves the game, and the 49ers kind of couldn't really get anything going. I mean, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah, This is a sidebar real quick. If the season ended today, do you guys disagree that the MVP should be Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I disagree. Yeah, I would. You disagree? I would also disagree he's with that. he's offensive player of the year, in my opinion. Well, who's who's been more valuable than him? I just think a lot of other quarterbacks have been more valuable than him. It's just it's the nature of the award. I think it go it has to go to a quarterback. It's the most important so, position. I think on the it field. has to. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think I think that NFL is actually I give the NFL credit for this it's different from the NBA in the aspect that I feel like the MVP 
actually goes to like the most valuable player for that season the majority of the time. Whereas the NBA, it's like a revolving narrative of like, oh, who do we want the face of the league to be for the next few years? Or else, like, I'm not bringing up this argument, but or else somebody who is an NBA legend would have won a lot more MVP awards. Just saying. Yeah, I know. Kobe should have won more, and so should <laughs> Kevin Durant. I agree, John. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Okay, well, I was just curious because I, I think Christian McCaffrey should be the MVP through six weeks. I bet. Through six weeks, he'd probably get a couple votes. So couldn't you make the same argument for, like, Raheem Mostert or Devon Achan then? You could, but I feel like, like this past week is what sold me on it. Because when he went out of the game, they looked awful on offense. Yeah. It was also really gross, like, conditions for the game. Like, Debo Samuel was also hurt. You yeah. still <laughs> losing – it's crazy. Losing Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey – they still have probably one of the more talented offenses in the NFL with Kittle, Ayuk, and Brandon Jennings. Like that probably beats ten other teams in the league, which is kind That's of true. funny. But yeah. especially with that O line. But I, you know, I was just curious because, and the Browns is a good defense, but I don't know. He's just been so good. I also think the Brock Purdy MVP thing is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. For but sure, absolutely. That's a sidebar. Um, a quarterback that won't be winning the MVP this year and just got hurt is Justin Fields. And gosh, that was, that was a stray bullet. I'm sorry, Justin. If you're listening. <laughs> if, if you're listening. <laughs> he's fighting for his life out there, man. Yeah. He, uh, he's played good the past couple weeks, but he hurt his wrist hand. It was like his thumb, I think, or something. Yeah. Like okay. It was his, okay. Yeah. It was his thumb. He went out. He's not, He's probably going to miss another week. I would plan for somebody else if you haven't already. But we hope to wish him a speed recovery back because it's more fun when he's playing well. And then next, Kyron Williams, he hurt his ankle. But it's been weird how the Rams talked about it. They're like, yeah, he'll probably miss this week, but then he'll be back. I'm just like, that's very random. Like, he's out this week, basically. And then they're – Everything that the coaching staff and reporters have said are like, oh, yeah, but he'll be ready next week. Hmm. I've just never seen such confidence uh, for yeah. a guy that just got hurt. And they're already, like, ruling him. Like, I know that's what you said, but they've he was ruled out from, like, I feel like it was, like, Monday night even. It was like, yeah, he's not going to play next yeah. week. It's just kind of a weird, I don't know. It's a bizarre situation. Which, which I respect because as fantasy football podcasters <laughs> – we really need that clarity. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I did think it was weird how they're like, oh, but he'll be fine next week. Right. Like, oh, okay. Um, next is David Montgomery. This one kind of stung a little bit because he's been having such a good year. He hurt his ribs. No broken ribs. Apparently had like a cartilage issue in the ribs, which kind of sounds worse in a way. And He's gonna. He's probably not playing this week, and if I had to guess, he's probably gonna be out the next week. So the next two weeks, because three weeks from now they have their bye week. So I'm guessing they're just gonna sit him for three weeks. He won't go on the IR, and then he'll be back after their bye week, ready to go. Um, does anybody else have any other opinions on that? Or Jameer Gibbs, please, that... please, Jameer Gibbs. If there was ever he's a, time. a favor. Yeah, if there's ever a time for Gibbs to show up and prove that he was a solid, viable fantasy option, it now is the time. Yeah, Nate. Yeah. Please get in the end zone. Please. 100 yards rushing, <laughs> five receptions would be fantastic. Next is Miles Sanders. Got hurt. Uh, I actually don't even know what he hurt. I think it was shoulder. But Chuba Hubbard filled in very nicely for him from what I saw. And hopefully he gets back. Yeah, it was a shoulder. So hopefully he'll get back soon because I thought he was having a solid season so far. Nothing crazy, but um, definitely keep playing Chuba Hubbard if you have him, which I know Nate does. And he's but, on bike, so can't play him. Yeah, but exactly. And I think the week – I bet the week after this one, Miles Sanders will be back, but it'll be interesting to see, so – um, that basically 
wrapped up all the injuries. We could have probably touched on them all from last week, but you already know about them, and I, I, I just get tired of talking about injuries. I know they're important, but, man, it's just such a drag. But, John? Oh, if I may cut in. I no, don't know if you saw it. this in the in the notes, but I, I threw in a little section that I wanted to talk about. This was prompted oh, yeah, yeah. by one of our discussions that we were having off air where we were just talking about how it felt like fantasy football was just – it's been very weird. Through, excuse me. Uh, just like lots of players that we did not expect to see up near the top of their position performing really well. Also, has felt in the NFL has been kind of down across the board. Uh, if we were comparing these first six weeks to last year's first six, uh, so I kind of dove in and wanted to look at some of the different positions, um, kind of how the top of the board point scoring has been going for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and then look at how these top five or six. Uh, players at each position, what their ADP is if we were to compare last year's to this year's. Oh, no. And it is insane. Okay. So, the really though, on the fantasy points scoring uh, by position, comparing 2022 to 2023, it, it's not been like that much of a drop-off as much as I thought necessarily. So, what I kind of did was just looked at the top five players for each position, averaged it out, and just checked what the kind of average points were for them. Okay. So the biggest drop-off has been in – do you want to guess what position? I feel like it'd be running back. I would agree. with. I, I think it has to be running back. But I'm going to guess quarterback. It is quarterback. Let's go! So – Kind of mind blown. So if we're averaging top five wide receivers in 2022 and 2023, 2022 is 135 fantasy points on average. This year it's 134. So basically the same running back, same deal. 122 last year, 123 this year. A hair above. I know it's like we're only looking at the top five players. So it's, Sample size, but I just kind of want to do this for fun. And then, mm-hmm. however, quarterbacks in 2022 through the first six weeks, the top five quarterbacks averaged 151 fantasy points. Okay. Top five through six weeks this year, 128. Oh. Wow. That hurts. So, yes, it does hurt a little bit. But <laughs> last year, what I kind of saw was a lot of the quarterbacks that you saw towards the top were the top three really were the dual threat quarterbacks. It was Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts, who I think all, each of those guys got off tr- to tremendous starts last year. This year we haven't seen uh, really – I mean, Josh Allen particularly has not been running the ball as much as we really thought he would. He only has like one or two rushing touchdowns so far but been throwing a lot of picks. Um, but yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Um, but then I wanted to look at the ADP comparison for wide receivers. Oh, no. So if we were looking at the, I had to stretch it to top six for wide receivers, but top six wide receivers in 2022 through six weeks, this is average ADP was 18.5. Okay. <laughs> top six wide receivers through the first six weeks in 2023 average ADP is 77 <laughs> and that was that was generously putting Puka Nakua down for 260 I was going to say Adam Thielen and Puka just tanked that Adam Thielen ADP 134 oh. Keenan Allen ADP 42 ADP 260. So same exercise now for the top five running backs in 2022 and 2023 through six weeks. (laughs) Last year, 13.2. This year, (laughs) 70. (laughs) 
headlined by Raheem Mostert, ADP 129, Kyron Williams, ADP 196. Here's the big one. And Zach Moss, (laughs) ADP 202. Yeah. Dude, his ADP was not drafted. Well, actually, no, he wasn't probably drafted. So a little bit, a little bit interesting, but it has been a wild year so far, if you ask me. And I don't <laughs> like it one bit, not one gosh darn bit. <laughs> Honestly, I've been liking it, but I mean, can we yourself. can we comp this? So a lot of you know that we're. I don't know how much you guys have talked about the Vampire League on the show. Uh, uh, a little bit every now and then. A little bit. Yeah. So a lot of you guys know that or are a part of the Vampire League. I feel like this was like the Armageddon of all years to start a Vampire League. Because like the first two weeks worth of waivers have never been more important in an NFL season than this year. Because of what what we just (laughs) talked about. Like... I've spent a lot of time thinking about how the Vampire League went so wrong. So just for context, the Vampire's dominating the league. He's probably going to win the whole thing. I mean, the playoffs are still the playoffs, and there are some good teams, but Chase is now 4-2, and right? (laughs) He's only getting better. (laughs) He just beat me last week because I decided to start Russell Wilson instead of Jared Goff, which it looks bad now, but – they were both playing good defenses. It was mm-hmm. just That's true. it was kind of a coin flip. And anyway, uh who did he snag off your team? He so he took Mark Andrews and gave me Logan Thomas, which obviously he's getting the better side of the deal, but what? he could have taken C D Lamb, which yeah, why did he not? Uh he would have been, he would have had to give up Puka or started like a lower end wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I, I, mean, I honestly kind of thought he was going to try to do that. Like I thought he was going to like, cause none of the, my, my team sucks. I have the worst team in the league, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I do No, It's, it's terrible. Uh, I've been scored on a lot, but my team is really bad. So I really thought that he was going to roll the dice this week and start a bad wide receiver in his flex to try mm-hmm to get like a crazy swap. So he had like air quote streaming ability with CD lamb and Puka the rest of the season. It worked out for him though. So <laughs> <laughs> there's reason that I'm one in five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the positional results through six weeks are just insane. Like Nate just alluded to, but. Okay, uh, so I actually have a, a segment that I completely got to choose on my own. It's completely dedicated to John's thoughts, and some of it's, you know, it is. I'm I'm gonna reference some things from the early, well, I guess the late off season, uh, like early August portion of the show, where the first this is the first topic. I talked a lot about this guy, Christian Kirk being somebody who I was a big fan of heading into this season. And I'm just huge fan, huge fan. Uh, So now I want to give you guys a chance to defend your beloved Calvin Ridley and talk about him for the rest of the season. So the first topic of conversation is going to be Christian Kirk or Calvin Ridley for the rest of the NFL season. Leighton, I'm going to hand it off to you. I'm, I just, I'm really curious to see what your thoughts are on this. Why? I, I'm just curious. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't want to talk about this. Why not? <laughs> it's a great topic of conversation. Because it, it's been interesting so far this year. Can I reference a text that you sent after week one of the NFL season in the Fantasy Chumps group chat? Yes. You said Christian Kirk is, in fact, not wide receiver one in Jacksonville. And then you added me in the group chat. (laughs) That was just between – that's just us three, though, right? That was just us three. I am keeping the receipts because I literally went to type 
and I might have said this, I can't remember, but I wanted to say it's a long NFL season, but I'm pretty sure I restrained myself because of how heated I was <laughs> after you sent that text. Because Christian yeah. Kirk is a good wide receiver. And there was, yeah, no, never said he was bad. there was no reason to believe other than freaking hype, hype train training camp videos of Calvin Ridley running yeah. with quick feet. There is no reason to believe that Calvin Ridley was going to be this just unbelievable wide receiver after missing essentially two NFL seasons in a row. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, Calvin Ridley, he's going to be so good. And then it's like, oh, I don't know. Christian Kirk was a top 10, top 15 wide receiver last year. So. He's anyway, I still really haven't gotten your thoughts. If you want to, you can continue anytime that you'd like. Double so down, Double down. You said rest the season. Rest, right? the, rest the season. Let's hear it. I feel like I gotta just double down, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really just for fun. I, I wasn't that heated, but I, I was a big I believer in Christian Kirk. So I, your, your genuine responses, I'm intrigued to hear what you think. So if I'm looking at like my fantasy team, I'd probably rather have Calvin Ridley just for the boom factor. But because I think Calvin Ridley's weekly ceiling is higher than Christian Kirk's. But Christian Kirk's floor, as we've seen so far, is also higher. So it kind of depends on what you need. But no, Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley are both good. But I don't know. I just... I had a good feeling about Calvin Ridley. I, not as good a feeling as Jake did in our league. Nah. <laughs> My lord. But I don't know. It's just interesting because Calvin Ridley plays more snaps. And looking at it, he's only gotten like four or five less targets overall. But Christian Kirk gets better targets in terms of like completion percentage. But if Calvin Ridley like goes off, I think he's – like he might win you a week. I don't think we've seen that type of game from him yet. But yeah, I mean, if you're t- if you're picking one for the rest of the season, just in a neutral setting, you're probably gonna take Christian Kirk. But so it that kind of depends what you want. That was the point that you hit on that made all the difference leading up to the season, leading up to the draft. Calvin Ridley yeah. was taken in the third round of our draft. I selected Christian Kirk with pick number eighty in the draft. So that's, that's where really I think the big difference came between these two guys. So the rest of season argument, I think is a pretty level one. Like I think when it's all said and done, it'll come down barring injury. I think it'll come down to 20 fantasy points from this point on maybe. Yeah. And granted, I'd like both guys. I was probably sleeping too much on Kirk, but I wouldn't, I would never, I was never going to draft, uh, What's his face? Yeah, Calvin Ridley in the third round. Yeah. Like, maybe fourth I was thinking about it, but I was really ideally looking at, like, fifth round. But I knew he probably wasn't going to be there. So I, I honestly don't have him anywhere. I also don't have Christian Kirk anywhere, which is my fault. But, yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Because I people way overvalued Calvin Ridley, like, way more than I did. Even I was like, well, this is a little nuts. Especially at our draft, like you said, in the third round, I was like, yeah. oof. That was the earliest but, I saw him taken uh, in all the drafts that yeah. I was in. But Nate, yeah, people just forgot about Christian Kirk. He he doesn't mm. do anything special. Yeah, Nate, how do you how do you feel rest of the season about those two guys? I think I I probably uh, lean towards Leighton a little bit, where I I do like Calvin Ridley's kind of boom factor that he presents. I mean, if we're looking through six weeks, there's only like eight points separating these guys. Like, they, they're all those, like, 15 to 25, 26, they're all, like, very bunched together. Yeah. So, Christian Kirk barely has the nod over Calvin Ridley through six weeks. Uh, I do think there's something to be said, probably, for the chemistry that Kirk has developed with Trevor Lawrence. I feel like he's kind of a safety valve for T-Law, um, and that's probably not going to go away anytime soon. I think it's been a focal point for Jacksonville. And I thought it happened in the Bills game where they really made a concerted effort to try and get Calvin Ridley involved and kind of run their offense through him. And then this last week, it just disappeared. And it was kind of back to spreading the ball around, which is fine. I mean, from it's different fantasy 
versus actual football. It makes sense to use all the weapons that you have at your disposal, but for fantasy, yeah. I it doesn't make sense why Calvin Ridley's not more of a focal point for them because I do feel like he's probably the more talented guy comparing him to Christian Kirk, but I mean they're two good guys and if you're we're talking about draft value, uh Christian Kirk won that by a landslide. Also if this isn't really a dig or a pro for either. Um, I would probably just throw out last week. They were ahead by so much. They were just running the ball. It was, yeah, they didn't have on a turnovers ball. by Indianapolis. So, yeah, that game was a little bit different. Yeah. But, it, and it's weird because both times they've played Indianapolis, you almost want to throw both games out because they beat them both pretty bad uh, by, war- by a large. Uh, margin or at least they had a large lead because like in week one Calvary like blew up in the first half and did nothing in the second half Christian Kirk did nothing in either half which is which is fine because they're just winning by so much right and it's kind of the same here like if Christian Kirk doesn't catch that touchdown last week you know it's looking not as good but he did so I'm not when they play the Colts, just don't play any Jaguars unless you have ETN because they're not going to score, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I, it's tough. I feel like this would be a really good time to buy low on Calvin Ridley right now. Uh, yes. Also probably for Christian Kirk as well. I feel like Christian Kirk definitely doesn't carry the premium on his name as Calvin Ridley does. But I feel like people that drafted Calvin Ridley – haven't really gotten their turn on him yet. They might be a little disappointed and wanting to move on. So would I, I'm trying to think of a good comp, like, hmm, I can't really think of one off the top of my head. Uh, I'll throw this one out. Cause he's a guy that I've debated between these two several times. Uh, Jalen Waddle or Christian Kirk rest of the season. Ooh. Oh, and just you can throw Calvin Ridley into the conversation too, because that's that's the next question. That's a really good one, honestly. I would take Christian Kirk. I would t- probably take both of them over Jalen Waddle. Really? I yeah, I was tempted to say the same, just because Tyreek's going off, right? Raheem Mostert obviously is going off, and. Devon Achan is coming back in three weeks. So I'm going to use that in the opposite direction just to get like the full perspective on how we all evaluate players that we're attempting to buy low on or sell high on. Mm-hmm. I look at that situation the opposite way. Whenever I look at Jalen Waddle's lack of performance compared to what he did last year and the talent that we all probably have a consensus on within the five positions that we think he is in the league. I look at the explosion of Tyreek, the explosion of Mostert, the explosion of A-Chan as that's unsustainable. And at some point that's going to open up for Waddle in the next few games. So Waddle the last two weeks has been a lot better than he has the rest of the season. He's still not ranked. I think he's, barely in the top 40 in the wide receiver rankings, but I look at, I, my perspective may be completely different than how you guys view that because that's kind of like what a buy low candidate is for me as I look at, okay, who's blowing up and who may have been neglected a little bit in their offenses because of a surprising outburst of player X, you know, Mm -hmm. and that would be Mostert and Achan and Tyreek on it. Like, but Tyreek's not a surprise. It's just that he's been, super heavily involved with Miami. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point, honestly. John, I I think you may have sold me there. I honestly I didn't it. realize that Jalen had been kind of trending up like he had. I know he had a, like a touchdown last game and played pretty well, but yeah, I didn't – Yeah, His targets seems, are up. Yeah. They, okay, the only reason I highlight him is because I bought low on him two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I – I bought him before he had had the two positive weeks and I traded like I traded a package of like Jerome Ford, Brian Robinson and something for Waddle, Evan Ingram and another player. And like, I've totally cashed out on that trade 
because I sold high at the right time on the other two. And I yeah. bought Evan Ingram wasn't really low, but he was a consistent tight end that kind of got the deal done. And Waddle, I was banking on the fact that talent would prevail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel like I, I also think people, this is not a dig, but I think people overvalue Waddle because his name is Jalen Waddle. Like if, if it was anybody else in the Dolphins, and you look at the, just the stats and like the opportunity, I don't know if people would be as high, but since it is Jalen Waddle, that's kind of the yeah. What does that mean though? Because Jalen Waddle's a talent, like yeah. he's a huge talent. Yeah, basic. It's just kind of like I feel like people associate his name with being like extremely good at fantasy. If that makes sense, like over was, what it really I mean, he, is. He was top ten last year. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I I didn't think it's a really good question, honestly. I I don't know. That's a tough one because I actually I actually do think that Jalen Waddle <laughs> I was... might might be a top fifteen talent as far as the wide receiver position goes. And I was nervous about him last year when Tyree came, and he kind of just uh, put that argument to rest that he was going to be irrelevant after the. Um, injection of a of a superstar wide receiver into the offense it seemed like they could both survive at the same time but um i don't know i that's interesting we got a little off topic there uh a little bit yeah a little bit we should we should try and get back on the train tracks but reel it back in um yeah i would say okay last one is oh do would you if you were thinking of those Jags wide receivers, let's say you have Jacoby Myers and you have the opportunity to go get Christian Kirk or Calvin Ridley. Do oh, you, yeah. do you send them away for both those guys? Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. What about like Marquise Brown? Uh, yeah, I would trade Marquise for Kirk instantly. I don't I don't know what I would do if I would ugh. No, I'm probably taking I'm probably keeping Marquise instead of Ridley. But I'm Part of, I'm a little biased. This is going to get off track. Just quickly, I'm really curious with Hollywood from a fantasy perspective cuz like he's been good, but I also think there's a good chance he gets traded somewhere else to a better team. Interesting. Because it's the last year of his contract. He's been very good, obviously. Wide receiver 17. But, mm-hmm. like, if he gets traded somewhere else, like, it could be better. Have we – yeah, have we ever explored that and looked at, like, how good are wide receivers for fantasy football when they go through, like, a midseason trade? Like, are there any success stories of that happening? I just don't know if we've had, like, a – and I could be just completely blanking, but I don't feel like there's been like a bigish name. That's true. That's been like traded. I like can't really think of one either. Was D Hop to the Cardinals was before the season, right? Was that off season? Okay. Yeah. I'm really struggling like, to think of one. I feel like Brandon Cooks has been traded mid season. Yeah, and Probably. he's been good everywhere he's gone. I think from the Patriots to Saints. No, he went from the Saints to the Patriots, I thought. Did he? Oh, Lord. I think he started with the Saints. Uh, yeah, he went to the Saints. Okay, you're right. Saints to the Patriots, then to the Rams. Then to the Texans. Yeah. He's been everywhere. He's I, wait, when's the, when's the NFL trade deadline? Oh, gosh. I think it's Week like eight. November or something. Yeah. We should – look into that honestly um, like highlight some wide receivers that could potentially get traded i mean i feel like there's ones we're gonna miss but there are a couple of on like teams that are kind of tanking like marquise brown on the cardinals that he's kind of like a target that might get sent somewhere else but then we should look into it and see like how often that works out because i feel like a lot of times like you see 
maybe a player get moved midseason, and then it just takes way too long for them to get acclimated to the new system, and they end up – it's not really like an improvement for them in fantasy that year. Yeah. So I, I feel like with that coming up, that's something we should probably keep in mind, and I'd definitely, definitely be interested. Oh, in and we should, what we should look at too is I feel like there's a lot of free agent running backs that might sign. Like Leonard Fournette's a free agent. Yeah. Not that he's going to light the world on fire, but just curious to see how somebody joining midseason could do. Yeah. So, like Julio Jones just signed with the Eagles. Dang it, Leighton. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's right. I was yeah. I was waiting for you guys to wrap up, but then I was going to say, all right, last thing, because we're super off topic, <laughs> I was going to say Julio <laughs> Jones signed, but you yeah. Got me. I thought he retired, honestly. Uh, yeah. Okay, so for fantasy football, by the way, that's irrelevant. Do not pick him up. Unless AJ Brown or Devontae Smith get hurt, he is not worth your time. Not at all. Not worth the roster spot. But yeah. All right. What do you got next, John? <laughs> uh, the next topic of conversation is kind of a an ugly one, but it's something that needs to be talked about. And there's a lot of different answers that could come from it, in my opinion. So we talk about it every year. It is oh, yeah. a tale as old as time. Yes. It is the tight end position. Woo! Now, we're not going to take victory laps and talk about Travis Kelsey. Because we, we everybody knows, and we can all acknowledge, that yeah. he is the best tight end in football and fantasy football. And ever. And ever. Woo! Yeah, probably ever. But Nothing. what is worth talking about is who <laughs> who is the second best tight end for the rest of the NFL and fantasy football season. So, Nate, I handed it off to Layton first last time. I'm going to I'm going to transfer over to you this time. Beautiful. Start us off with a, a a couple names. I mean, you don't oh, have to give us a direct answer. Give us a couple. No, yeah. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to interject real quick. Oh. I'm going to interject. Nate. Is that allowed? Yeah, it's a lot. It, it's basically between three I don't guys, know. right? Uh, this, yeah. This is Nate's time to shine. No, I, this is a question to Nate. I was like, okay, Nate, it's mute between him. Mute him. it's between three guys, right? <laughs> mute. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's it's a yeah, it's a short list of people. Um, I mean, I can give one, and then Lake can give one, and then we can both give a sleeper, kind of if that's what we want to do. Uh, my guy, it's pretty. I mean. There's really two that I'm looking at, but I'm going to say this guy for his situation going forward. It's TJ Hawkinson. I think oh. everything's set up for him to be probably the pass catcher in Minnesota, possibly the rest of the season with Justin Jefferson out. Um, I think we saw last week that I kind of expected Jordan Addison to take more of a leap going forward. He only had three catches, did have a touchdown, I'm pretty sure, but did not get the volume like I really expected, nor did KJ Osborne. Uh, it was very clear that TJ Hawkinson was Kirk's favorite target. Um, got eight targets, six catches, only 50 yards, but that was also just a really gross game uh, between Chicago and Minnesota. I think TJ Hawkinson's primed to slot in as tight end two for the rest of the season. I also think he's a top three talent at that position. So I don't feel like I'm that uh, out of line in saying that, but I don't know. John, what do you think? Do you agree? Do you think he's uh, a... he has to be in the conversation? I think he has the biggest opportunity to be tied into. I mean, you just highlighted it perfectly. Um, you know, you can't, I, I, I won't bring up any more names, but I, I agree with that statement. I'll let, I'll let Leighton get his, his mic time. So Leighton, how do you, how do you feel? Who's your name besides TJ Hawkinson? Okay. So I'll just throw out the other two. Cause it has to be between TJ Hawkinson, Laporta and Mark Andrews, right? There's in my opinion, there's nobody else that has a great shot at it. Not saying nobody else can't do it, mm-hmm. but if I was, a, if I was betting on just the field, I would not even think about anybody else. You might be able to get crazy good odds on the fourth guy. Are you thinking Evan Ingram? No. Oh. Okay. We'll come back to that. Okay. Save that. All right. 
Oh, man. If I have to choose one, gosh, between Laporte and Andrews is tough. I think they're both in good offenses. I'm probably going to lean Andrews just because I think he is the first option for Lamar. Even though Lamar's a running back that throws the ball, I think Mark Andrews isn't it's not as big of a competition between him and Zay Flowers, even though Zay Flowers is really good. Sam Laporta, who's on my 5-1 fantasy team, is a stud, but they also have Amon Ra on that team. And so it's like, do I ever expect Laporta to out-target Amon Ra? Probably not. There's games where he could, sure. But on a season-long basis, I'd say no. But mm-hmm. if I had to say, I would bet that Mark Andrews has a better shot about targeting uh, Zay Flowers in that offense. So I'm probably going to lean him, even though I have Laporta, so I'm not biased. But Laporta is on a better offense, too. So that, it, it's it's a toss-up. I think Hawkinson's probably the right answer, just because Justin Jefferson is not playing. Mediator, uh, what do you think? So <laughs> you've you've both made wonderful arguments. However... However, first off, I'm going to give who I think the fourth option could be. And he's an outside shot. Is it Johnny Smith? No. Why would it? That's just. George Kittle? It's it's rude, first of all, Johnny Smith. (laughs) Second of all, no, it's not Johnny Smith. Uh, It is George Kittle. And that is just because of it. That's from a talent standpoint. I think George Kittle is the most talented tight end not named on this list. Uh, <laughs> but he's in a terrible situation for high-level offensive production, and for whatever reason, Purdy doesn't look at him. Like I, I don't understand. I don't know if it's a chemistry thing. I don't know if it's just a scheme thing. I, I don't understand. But uh, assessing both of the comments that you made, I pretty much, and I'm, I am biased towards Hawkinson. He's on my dynasty team, and he was another shot that I called early this offseason that I felt like he was the guy instead of Jordan Addison to play second fiddle to Justin Jefferson, which so far I would say that argument has stood true. Um, Addison has played better since Jefferson went down. With Andrews and Zay Flowers, I would almost be willing to make the bet from this point on the rest of the season that Zay Flowers actually gets more targets than Mark Andrews in that Ravens offense that I'd agree. So I think for that reason, I'm out on Mark Andrews. And I, I feel like TJ Hawkinson is the correct answer for tight end too. But the reason that I started this conversation with name a couple guys is because these are all interchangeable from on a week to week basis. Like if Mark Andrews yeah. comes out next week and he scores 30 points and has two touchdowns, Mark Andrews is the clear-cut tight end, too. If Sam Laporta does the same thing, he's the clear-cut tight end, too. If TJ Hawkinson does the same thing, he's the clear-cut tight end, too. Or Kyle Pitts, he's hot over the last two weeks. If he had an explosion, you know, explosive game, he might enter this conversation. So is he hot, though, or is he just hot compared to the mediocreness that he was doing? I mean, he's scored 15 the last two weeks. So for a tight end, that's – that's top three conversation. If you're, I mean, that's true. That was just, that was just the question. Yeah. And it, there's so much to assess outside of the, like the player itself. That's why Kittle's not part of this conversation. Pitts isn't a part of this conversation because Johnny Smith has been incredibly annoying as a backup tight end and Desmond Ritter and that passing offense is just a nightmare. And, so there, there's so many things to consider outside of the individual player. And honestly, that might be why the tight end position is just so difficult to predict is because it's way more than just the talent of the guy you're drafting. It's the team that you're drafting them from. So mm-hmm. um, we do it every year, though. Like, I think it'll be the same thing for Travis Kelsey next year and maybe even the season after that if we're fortunate enough to have him that long. So, um, Oh, he'll be around. You think so? A thousand percent, yeah. Great. I love that. 
That's that's a lot of percentage. I, now, granted, for fantasy football, will he be as dominant? I don't know. But well, he's going to be on the Chiefs. Okay. I'll take that. Um, anything you got? Any rebuttals? Any disagreements? I just think you should give uh, Johnny Smith some more highlights, but that's okay. Honestly, think a sleeper really could be Evan Ingram. Dude, I'm so baffled by your answer for Johnny Smith. What? I could have named 20 names before I thought you'd name him. <laughs> oh, no, it's just a joke because he's tied in nine and he's been taking away targets from. I feel like it was also a little personal because I traded an <laughs> arm, a leg, and like the birthright to my first child for Kyle Pitts and <laughs> Dynasty. Kyle Pitt or Johnny Smith has been better than Kyle Pitts this year. But, but I I honestly do think that Evan Ing- Ingram <laughs> does have an outside chance of getting the I tight end too. Uh, he has the second most targets. Second most targets. Season. They've been uh, consistent yeah. too. He has not scored a touchdown either. Exactly. That was the one oh, thing whoa. I was going to bring up. Yeah. He's still yet to score a touchdown. Um and that's kind of the make or break at the tight end position. I mean, targets are great. PPR receptions are fantastic. But, I mean, the ceiling for most tight ends is like an 18-point week, and you can't really get there without touchdowns. So, right. um, I, I mean, I, I, I would throw down – I would sprinkle a little dough on Evan Ingram <laughs> odds to finish his tight end too. Ingram's a good trade for guy. Definitely, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. All right, John's segment. What's next? Uh, I'm just, I'm really just reiterating what you already talked about, Nate. And so I'm, I'm just going to make this quick. This is going to be a solo session, unless anybody wants to chime in. Uh, the, right. I'm, I'm calling this the wacky fantasy studs of 2023. And the first one's not that crazy. Like Jared Goff is quarterback three. Goff is good, but I don't think anybody views him in that third spot in the tight end. Whoa, 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 whoa. We had Josh on the podcast. We know somebody thinks that highly of him. The consensus, I would say, is not quarterback three. Also known as JG5K. If you've talked to Josh, that's his nickname for Jerry Goff. Where where does that originate? JG5000. Yeah, right. What's 5,000 yards? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is he on pace? Probably. He's had a pretty good start to the season. I'll do that. You keep going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the next one, Raheem Mostert. We've, we've talked about him. He is running back two on the year. And it's even crazier because Devon Achan has had <laughs> however many fantasy points. He's RB6 on the season. So without Achan, I don't know if it's rational to think that Mostert would be running back one, but he was for a period of time. Um, so it, it's just, it's insanity. Kyron Williams running back four, like Mostert wasn't drafted. Kyron wasn't drafted. Zach Moss at RB five wasn't drafted. Achan. I feel like he was drafted, like maybe some leagues, 50% yeah. of leagues just because of the rookie upside and hype. Um, just to have four running backs, like not just four players in top 10 at their individual positions, four running backs that in 85% of the leagues were, and eh, maybe 80% of the leagues, all four were undrafted is just absurd. Uh, so that's, it, it's just unheard of. Um, Taylor, Taylor Swift. <laughs> you actually got me. I didn't. Yes! I didn't even notice it. Um, yes. So, <laughs> I had. I just had Swift as RB seven, and who was it? I, I'm assuming it's Leighton. Leighton. That yeah. It was, so Leighton went in and edited it to <laughs> Taylor question mark Swift RB seven. Uh, that was nice. So DeAndre Swift is is running back seven who. He was just kind of an ugly player this offseason. Sixth round, yeah. I mean, the Lions obviously didn't think anything of him. The Eagles, that was a busy running back room, too. Now Miles Sanders exited, but Kenneth Gainwell, I know, Leighton, you were excited for Kenny G. And, well, I shouldn't call him Kenny G. He's not really Kenny G. But you were excited for Gainwell hurt, yes. over the offseason. Um, yeah, then he got hurt. That's okay. Yeah. 
so reviving his career, I guess, in Philadelphia. I don't know if he gets a contract after this year. Probably nothing crazy, but um, that's just the RB market. So moving to wide receiver, old man winner, Adam Thielen, Uh, wide receiver three on the season. Another guy who he was drafted, but again, there were definitely a lot of leagues where he wasn't taken. Nobody started him week one. And nobody paid for it week one either because he sucked. Exactly. And nobody started week two. (laughs) (laughs) And then people started paying attention. Uh, But it was something that I know that we had talked about because we debated between him and Jonathan Mingo coming into the year. And, like, nobody was super high on Mingo, but nobody was super high on Thielen either. So his explosion is – of anybody who could do something like that, Adam Thielen, if you don't know his backstory, he's the guy who could do it. He's just a, a gritty, take every bit that he can get kind of receiver. And he, he'll he probably get a contract next season because of this, too. I assume he's on a one-year deal. I don't know what his contract is. No, he's on a three-year deal, actually. Three. What? Yeah. He's like 33, I thought. Yeah. I went, yeah, I know. I'm aware. That's wild. That's, uh, that's why when it happened, I was like, whoa. But then, uh, you know, if Carolina, that, if Carolina sure. did one thing right this offseason, <laughs> it was Adam Thielen. Uh, yeah, wow. And then just kind of honorable mentions, Puka Nakua. Like, does, does anybody remember actually the rookie draft, Leighton? Do you remember when I was talking about drafting him in the fourth round? Yes. He wouldn't have made my roster anyway, so I wouldn't like I wasn't bitter about it. Yeah. But I was genuinely considering drafting him just because I had heard the footballers talk about him. Um, so there's there's Puka, there's Nico Collins, there's Jacoby Myers. Like it's just it is an upside down type of fantasy season this year. And I stand by this. If you had a poor fantasy football draft to start your year, your team is probably really good because you had a waiver. It's not because you you're bad at fantasy football. It's just because you probably lost week one and you got way for wire priority. Or if you're on a fab system, you, you made the right call. So um, yeah, that's the end of the monologue, but gosh, it sucks. Like this is five, six weeks of pent up frustration of what, <laughs> what is happening in the fantasy football world. So um I wish we could hug right now, John. I, I really don't feel any better though. Like I'm still one in five. Like <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel good. No, you're not one in five. Well, in in the vampire league, I'm one in five. Oh, yes, you are. It's right. just a like latent I'm not trying to pick on you, but last year, like okay. I've I relate more to what you went through last year because I know last year was a rough fancy season for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this year I it's I only have one team. No, I have two. I have two. I pulled out a win against Scott in the league of record, but I only have two teams out of five that are above 500, and it's it's tough. Yeah, uh... Layton's seeing the board this year. He's made a lot <laughs> of good calls. Like I've been kind of keeping track of it, and it's like he's been right about uh, many players. <laughs> the Keenan Allen, the Keenan yeah. Allen one was the biggest one. Oh, the Keenan Allen. Sure. I mean, it kind of started with the Justin Herbert. Herbert started really well. The Devin A. Yeah. Chan. Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. Christian McCaffrey. Did, so did you think Laporta was going to be that? Like, did you really think he was going to be like a top 10 tight end? Yeah. After when I picked him up, yes. <laughs> okay. So not like not beginning of the year. No, because I picked him up. Um, after week two, I think. Okay. Because I saw he had gotten five and six targets, and I was like, "Oh, it's worth a shot for a rookie." Yeah. Like, that's totally worth a shot. And the next week, he had eleven targets and he had twenty-two and a half fantasy points. And I was like, "I like this guy." (laughs) Shout out to Josh. Oh. Brutal. Um, Also, I have two notes uh, from your monologue. Nothing was wrong, but I'm just um, Adam Thielen. Signed a three-year, twenty-five million dollar contract this offseason, fourteen million guaranteed. So he's in Carolina for this season and the next two, if they choose. And 
going back to Jared Goff thing, he is pacing for 5,501. Wow. Passing yards. Most of which is going to go to Sam LaForte. Crazy. But also thank you, Nate, for the for the shout out. I really appreciate that getting that on the pod. You're welcome. Give me warm my heart. <laughs> Here's hoping it pays off. Well, what will pay off is listening to Fantasy Chumps. And even though John has not been doing that, he's back and he's ready to turn this ship around, just not in the league of record, because I want it to be my year for once. So thank you guys so much for listening. Nate, do you have anything else? You look like you had something to say. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm good. Follow us on X slash Twitter, fantasy underscore chumps. We have an Instagram as well. DM us if you have any questions. And good luck this weekend. Catch you guys later. Thanks, guys.